Hey y'all, on today's episode, I interview Edna Flowers, a licensed clinical social worker here in Dallas, Texas. We discuss the importance of mental health, common mental health stereotypes in the Black and Latino communities, self-care, and more. This is your girl Mel, praying lots of cosas buenas, aka good things, over your life. Enjoy! All right. Hey, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Cosas Buenas. Today, I have my friend Edna Flowers on here. She is a licensed clinical social worker, and we're going to be talking about all things mental health today. So I'm going to go ahead and let her introduce herself, and then we'll just jump right in. Hey, everybody. Again, my name is Edna, and I am a licensed clinical social worker, or LCSW for short. I currently am working as a social counselor at a school, so kind of like a school counselor. And in the evenings, I also work doing some family therapy for families. Um, and I think that's it. That's everything about me. The main reason I wanted to have you on here is just because, like I was explaining to you before the show, our audience is mostly Black and Latino. That's what we are. That's the audience we cater to. Um, and that's really why I wanted to have this show where we actually talked about useful things and not just kind of gossiped about celebrities and stuff like that. Because I feel like there's a lot of subjects that we just don't talk about. That was kind of my idea behind the show. And as far as the mental health aspect, I feel like there's a lot of stigmas and stereotypes just about mental health, period, in our culture. And I would just like to debunk some of that today and just talk to you about what you see on your end of that as well. So I guess concerning stigmas and stereotypes, what are some things that you see as a social worker, as a counselor? For me, what it kind of boils down to, not all the times, but many of the times when I'm working with families, is this kind of attitude of, well, I did it, so you can do it too. And that comes from a lot of history, right, with black and brown people here in America when it comes to racism, when it comes to how that racism has affected us with trauma, with social um, economic statuses, all that kinds of stuff. And so rightfully so, a lot of times our ancestors, our elders, our parents even are kind of just telling us, hey, I did it. You can do it, too. I've been through a lot of crazy stuff. You can do it, too. But with that, there comes this kind of culture in this era of, well, we're also not really going to talk about it. We're going to stuff it down. We're going to maybe go ahead and say, hey, there's that crazy aunt. There's that weird person. You know, they're kind of, they're just a little special. They're a little extra. You know, we're not going to like actually, actually deal with them or help them out or talk to them um, because we, we don't talk about that stuff. And so one big one that comes up a lot is talking about praying too. And so that could lead to a whole bunch of other issues. If you're somebody who feels like, hey, I have a lot of faith. I pray a lot. I pray every day. I go to church every Sunday, et cetera. And then I have somebody tell you, oh, you're feeling that way? Just pray about it. Well, then that could lead to you feeling like, well, do I not have enough faith? Is there something wrong with me? You're maybe then questioning God or whoever else you might pray to, right? And instead, that's not really something that you should be doing. It should be a combination of work and health with God, right? Those two things can work in conjunction with each other. And so, for example, I had this client um, who was diagnosed with some pretty severe mental health issues. And what the awesome part is that her mom was helping her out, making sure she went to therapy, making sure she had a psychologist, was taking medication. And what she was doing was starting to feel better, which was great. But with that, sometimes even without any other interference, people might stop taking their medication because they think they're feeling good. But then because they're either not weaned off, they haven't consulted anybody, a lot of the issues that they were having before can come back up. And so with this young person, what they did was they went to the church and the priest was like, oh, you're better. It's all good. And because it's the priest and that's somebody that's so valued, they were like, oh, right, we should stop taking it, right? And I had to explain to them, 
no, that's not what you should, you should do. You should still consult whoever you were seeing, your psychologist and therapist prior, and then go ahead and start getting off. But also pray, like pray along the way, you know, that doesn't, that doesn't have to stop. And so all, all those things to say, we have a lot of, lot of disconnect, I think, between yeah. generations, especially these days, because of all the things that we're experiencing in the past and even today. And as far as that disconnect goes, when you're feeling that disconnect, I feel like especially this generation, um, like we're around the same age. So it's a really cool time to be an adult and self-care is a good thing. Like self-care is a trend right now, like taking care of yourself and your mental health even is kind of a trend right now. Like that's all of that is kind of cool or just it's okay to talk about right now, at least with people our age, um, which I think is great because I feel like it's giving all of us like just an arsenal of knowledge that our parents maybe didn't have. But I do feel like when we maybe try to talk to somebody who's a little older and who hasn't kind of grown up in this like woke, just self-care, take care of yourself, put yourself first generation, um, it's there's definitely a disconnect as far as just getting your parents to understand like, hey, I'm not making up sicknesses here for myself. Hey, I'm not just telling you I'm crazy. Like, no, you didn't do anything wrong here. Like, yes, I'm praying hard enough. Like you already said, I guess if you were in a situation where you're trying just to communicate with your parents or just somebody older who's not really understanding, at what point do you bring somebody else in when they're just not getting it? And at what point do you just accept like, hmm, I don't think they're really going to get on this page. <laughs> yeah, I think people know their parents and their families best. If there's a little bit of hope and you're like, hey, maybe I can bring you to family therapy and we could talk about it cool, right? But even in that, a therapist is more like a tool. We don't have a magic wand. We're not going to be like, look, we fixed them. They get you now. Like that is not a thing. And I think sometimes people expect that. Yeah, for sure. Thank you. Um, a lot of times people need to be in a certain state of change, like a certain level, at least a little bit of willing to hear you out. So that's not to say if they're willing to go to family therapy with you or even couples therapy, depending on the situation, et cetera that you're like, oh, they're not ready. I'm not going to ask them. If you ask them, maybe, hey, they say fine one day. At the same time, parents are parents. They've been through a lot. They are resilient. They've made it to where they are. And they got you to wherever you are too. So at some point, whether it's about this or any other topic, there's a little bit of like accepting who they are. And maybe that's just not something that you guys bring up. But also go to therapy for yourself for that, right? Like, hey, my parents are not taking this well. How do I make sure that I'm okay and not going back into old routines of just like listening to them or shaming myself or not even listening to my own body? No, yeah, I love that you said that. I feel like sometimes, I know, especially in Latino culture, our parents, like their say and their opinion, it really, really matters. So I feel like sometimes when we take stuff to them and maybe not get like the reaction we we're wanting or they're just not understanding all the way, um, it can easily get really discouraging and you might not go actually seek therapy for yourself because you're like, no, my dad's like just mad. I even talked to him about this mm -hmm. or whatever. Um, and I think it's important like to keep the closeness of family, but to also maintain your own independence and take accountability like for your health and not blame that on your parents because at the end of the day you know if you're still living under their roof and you're 13 14 that's a little different mm -hmm. but if you're a grown woman and you just went to go maybe seek advice or a grown man i don't think that at this point your parents opinion should stop you from still bettering yourself if they don't agree yes. that's how you keep up those like those things that you're like man i never want to do this when i get older i'm not going to be that kind of parent i'm not going to be this kind of person well if you continue to those same patterns well, then you will be. And, you know, for some people that's fine. And for others, you want to continue to learn and grow and be healthy and not do some of those things. Yes. And unfortunately, there's this really like part that has a lot of friction when you decide, oh, I'm not going to. 
and that might create some problems. People will be like, what do you mean you're not going <laughs> right. to listen to me? Like, that's a whole other thing that will bring up a whole lot of feelings and you needing to kind of stand your ground, but it's hard to do that. So yeah. that's another, like I said, a great moment to be able to go to therapy and talk to somebody like a neutral party who isn't then going to gossip about you later <laughs> or say anything else. You know what I'm saying? They're just going to be on your team, listening to you. And if they're a really good therapist, checking you when you're like not doing what you said or not on the path that you want to be on. Yeah, and I love that you said neutral because I feel like we all have somebody maybe we feel like we can confide in. Normally it's family, especially if you're going to like confide about family issues or maybe you're just feeling a little off or whatever. You'll probably talk to somebody in your family or just somebody who you've been around a long time. And that's great and all, but because they're not a neutral person, um, it can just get a little messy sometimes, whether that turn into what they're telling you, it's just not really what you want to hear and it's coming from somebody you love, so it hurts a little more. Or whether they go back and tell other people, I just, yeah, that neutral aspect is like golden when I've gone to counseling before with therapy and I'm sure you can agree with this just being able to talk to somebody and know that they're listening from a perspective of not taking any sides they're listening truly to help you it makes you a lot more comfortable to talk and you kind of start talking about things you didn't think you were going to because you just feel like you're in a safe place yeah. um, and the second thing I wanted to mention is or clarify with you I think a lot of people think that when they go to counseling or therapy that somehow like the business that they told is going to get out and I try to tell people all the time like no that's like against the law <laughs> like the person you're talking to cannot so can you just talk about that please <laughs> yes you were 100% right that's like in our code of ethics you do not break confidentiality you can get in a lot of trouble fined sued lose your license etc like it is not a joke it is not a game you do not break confidentiality um and to be honest i hope this is okay to say like that's that it's our jobs and we don't necessarily want to go and tell everybody's business oh no, like, yeah you know anybody's job you kind of want to like close the door go home and be with your family be alone if you live alone whatever it might be so that you can process and like live our own lives too so a combination of like duty to our jobs duty to our clients and just a little selfishness too of making sure that we're okay so that we can be able to continue to serve people no, I completely agree. I, I, when you said that, I think like scenes in movies where like somebody has a therapist or a counselor and it's like the middle of the night and like something goes wrong and like they go to the office and like the counselor just happens to be there or like whatever. And like, that's just not realistic. Um, I feel like sometimes you could start to think of like your therapist or counselor like that. Like, yeah. no, like you, you can't yeah. just call them up like your girlfriend or whatever. Like it's, right. it is a business and uh, their job at the end of the day. Uh-huh. We have lots too. <laughs> so this is a question I personally have. Hopefully other people have it as well. Mm -hmm. What is the difference between like counseling and therapy? Now, when I think counseling, I kind of think my dad's a pastor. So I think, one on that end of things, but I could be wrong. Like, I guess my daytime job, quote unquote, like I said, I'm a school counselor. Mm -hmm. My title is social counselor. Okay. Um, and so what we do is more like really short term. And then it's not advice giving. We're a little unique because we're all mental health professionals. Right. And so we're able to like do actual, like really, um, like goal-oriented therapy, really short-term therapy, just because of our skills. But in other cases, that might not be the case, right? It kind of, not that it's advice, it's not just somebody winging it, right? Like they've gotten, normally on some level, have gotten some sort of training or something like have, that. Hopefully. <laughs> like a licensed mental health professional normally, okay. right? When you get into therapy, somebody, whether that's a psychiatrist, marriage and family therapist, licensed professional counselor, licensed clinical social worker, right? There's so many different kinds, but that person 
has gone to school, normally has a master's degree, has had ample amounts of training, has had supervision training, all sorts of things to then be able to give you therapy based on that training that they have. And so when someone's looking for a therapist, that's a great thing to look at. Like, what are their credentials? Mm -hmm. Because that'll tell you kind of what you're getting into a little bit more. If it's more like counseling, maybe somebody who's just been trained in a more broad way or something like that. Or if it's somebody who has like more specialized training. As far as counseling or therapy, as far as it being affordable, we've talked about there just being a big stigma around it even being accessible to people like us, just normal people. Um, I feel like sometimes it seems like something that's only available, it's like aloof, like off in the distance for like people who live in a castle or something like that. And that's actually not true. Um, there's a lot of resources. There's actually stuff that you can get for free, um, but you have to know about it in order to go get it for yourself. So again, it depends on where you are, where you're located, and it depends on what you're looking for. So NAMI is a great organization just to kind of get your foot in the door if you're looking for any kind of groups or if you're a parent and you're having trouble with your kiddo in some sort of way, like some sort of behavioral issues or something like that, NAMI is great. Um, if you're in Dallas, family, the Family Tree program is awesome. Like I said, they can hook you up with some, especially family therapy more so, mm -hmm. with some one-on-one -on -one, um, therapy sessions that are for free. And there are a bunch of other kinds. I can like send you a list if yeah. you have a site or anything. You can put it on um, because there are they are out there, and I will say though that they are difficult to find, and especially depending on what city you're in. Uh, I'm from Chicago, and I felt like in Chicago there was an abundance, and mm -hmm. then in Dallas, I haven't been feeling that way as much. Um, mm -hmm. I still probably myself have a, a little bit of research to do. It feels a little more difficult to access. Okay. No. Yeah. Interesting. Now, I like that you said you're going to research yourself as well because some of us now. Obviously, we want resources given to us, and we know that. But sometimes we use that as a crutch to not go find it for ourselves. And at this point in time, guys, if you are using, like, the excuse that you don't have a computer or a phone or whatever, like, to do some kind of research, it's just not an excuse anymore. Like we mentioned earlier, you have to take accountability for your own mental health. Um, using, saying, I don't know. Like, I just didn't know about it. It's not really an excuse anymore. We didn't grow up in a day and age where, you know, we had to call each other to share information. Like, we have so much that is easily accessible at our fingertips. So I did just want to remind you that even though you might not have them super at your fingertips like some people do, there's stuff out there. You just have to get out there and look for it. Don't be afraid to do your own research as well, guys. Like knowledge is power and you guys are in control of your own knowledge. Yes, this is all to like educate and help you and stuff. I really, really hope that this is, but don't let this be where like your learning stops. With that whole thing of like, hey, I'm using any excuse to not find somebody, that is real. If you have ever tried to go get a therapist, there is always a moment for the most part with most people that I talk to where it's like, oh, I cannot find anybody. This is really hard. It's really hard to pick somebody. And that is just universal. It's scary to think, oh my goodness, I'm going to find somebody and one, try and fi fix myself, right? We're not broken, but you know what I'm saying? We're all here to try and like get better. And I'm going to do that by telling them about myself. Like, what is that? That's really scary. And then two, like, how do you know that you can trust somebody, right? So I think one good thing to just kind of think about first is what do you need in a therapist? Do you care about skin color? Do you want to see somebody black, brown, white, whatever other color you want? Like you can, this is one of those times where you can say, yes, I do. That matters to me. And you can find a therapist that fits those parameters. Do you want them to be a man or a woman? Do you want them to be specialized in something specific that you've looked up? Um, like if you are somebody who's dealt with a lot of trauma, find somebody who specializes in trauma, right? These are little things that will help you find somebody that you're more likely to enjoy, stick around with, 
and then hopefully be able to go on your journey to betterment through them. So maybe if that's like a big hang up for you, think about those things first and then be able to tailor your search a little bit, kind of filter it, if that makes sense. If you're seeing somebody and maybe you feel, because this has happened to me before, you just kind of, mm -hmm. maybe you're not connecting, um, maybe they don't really seem too interested, maybe, I don't know, there could be a lot of different factors that play into you not feeling comfortable talking to whoever you're seeing. What do you do? Is it inappropriate to break up with your therapist or how does how does this work? Because I feel like a lot of people tie a lot of emotions that are unnecessary to things like this and it's really mm -hmm. not as serious as we make it out to be. It's not at all. <laughs> so especially after that first session, it is kind of like a blind date. You guys are like trying to figure out if you're a good fit for each other. Now, most of the times, depending on the therapist and depending on what's going on, their specialization, et cetera, it, they're not as likely to be like, hey, I don't think this is a good fit, right? But they might, depending on like if they feel like their expertise, because that's also what we're supposed to do. If we feel like we genuinely can't help you, well, maybe we'll refer you to somebody else who's like, hey, they're better at this thing that you're struggling with. So don't expect that first date, that first meeting to be like, hey, we are tied together forever. Right. And just like they would gently maybe say like, hey, I don't think this is a good fit. Here's somebody else you could see. Maybe you could say to them like, hey, I don't think there's a good fit. Do you have somebody else maybe in mind and or like, hey, I don't think this is a good fit. I'm going to go try somewhere else. Right. Or it's just not a good fit. And you don't have to give a whole excuse and explanation. Right. It's OK. Um, it's part of our profession and we won't take it personally. At least I don't know anybody who's taken it personally in the past. And then I think that that's better to do than just to kind of skip out and stop calling yeah. and stop. And I know that, hey, I've been guilty of that with some appointments, you know what I'm saying? Like everybody's kind of done that on some level. Um, but I would encourage you to just kind of be like, hey, I don't think we're a good fit. So they're not hoping and looking and thinking that they might be seeing you soon. Yes, no, I agree. Please do not ghost your therapist or counselor. Just talk to them, please. It's not that serious. And sometimes I think, I don't know if this is like a cultural thing, but I just know, I don't even know, like, I just really regard people's feelings sometimes when I'm talking to them and I've noticed a lot of people do that and like even kind of when I do makeup or different stuff like that like it could be my client who's paying me to do whatever they look they ask for right and they're super and it's not because I'm rude to them they're just they feel weird being like um can you maybe like adjust this or change this and I always try to like you can ask any of my clients I'm like it's you're, you're paying for it like it's your face like please don't feel weird but I feel like a lot of us do and we just tie a lot of emotions to things that aren't ne yes. not necessary i could definitely see this being one of them especially if you're in a situation um, i talked i had already gone to quite a few sessions with my counselor um but it just wasn't i felt like i wasn't growing anymore i was just like we're just kind of here yeah. and like i don't need to do that like i don't want to do that and i felt really weird i got like anxiety about it for a couple of weeks and all kinds of stuff and then when i finally talked to her about it she was just like oh that's fine she was like i actually had somebody else in mind that i was kind of thinking of referring to you anyways and she was like yeah that's totally and it was great it was fine she was so nice about it and i remember feeling so relieved and like in hindsight now i'm like why it was like that's her job like you just said like this is y'all's job i remember even going into that like session like and I waited till the end because I'm just, I'm not really a confrontational person sometimes. Like I don't always know what to say. And if I don't know what to say, then I'm really getting nervous. And so mm -hmm. I remember saying something like, um, I just kind of feel like when I come, like we're just not really like talking about much anymore. And she was like, no, I agree. <laughs> and then like, it was fine. But yeah, it was, I just remember being so nervous. And now looking back, I'm like, why? That was, 
no need. There was no need. So to go ahead and wrap things up, um, we're going to talk about some fun stuff as far as activities and self-care go. You don't have to be going through some things to, you know, just do stuff that keeps your mental health up. Edna is great at talking about stuff like this, and I love to hear just all her little self-care tips and tricks and just what she's doing. I'll let you all hear what she has to say as well. Yes, I do love self-care. <laughs> I practice it better in some seasons than others, as I'm sure that's anybody else. And I do like that you said earlier that like we're kind of in the season or the generation of self-care and that being really good. And even so, I feel like we're really bad at it. So <laughs> first and foremost, yes, right? Okay. <laughs> uh, first and foremost, I feel like I'm going to get a lot of eye rolls here. Exercise really is helpful, guys. And I don't want to put any pressure because I think for some people that means like, I got to get in the gym. I should be working out every single day and sweating and like gross, whatever. And for some people that will be it and it will be great. And for others, maybe it's just like light yoga or going for a walk because being outside is really great. It doesn't need to be something really intense that you dread. It should be something that you enjoy doing. And that's because just doing some sort of exercise gets your body moving. It gets you feeling better and it makes you happier and healthier. So exercise. Don't just do the eye roll. Actually go and try it. <laughs> right. Try it. Try it before you buy it. No. I've heard, I heard that if you go and put workout clothes on, like just get dressed to work out. You go outside, do your workout for five minutes. If you still don't feel like doing it, then like, okay, go inside. But if you are like already into it and you're like, oh wait, like I was feeling it already, then keep going. But a lot of times it just takes us getting up and starting. And I love that you said it doesn't have to be like a crazy sweat sesh. Like it can be something relaxing, like some yoga, a walk. Cause yeah, everybody relaxes differently um, and everybody works out differently. So mm -hmm. I like the idea of putting on workout clothes cause I'll do that too. If I'm yeah. like weird, I'm like, at least I'm gonna put them on and like see what's happening. If there's a lull in the day or something like Yeah, you're like, oh, this fits a little different than it did last month. <laughs> Right. <laughs> Same. Um, so other things uh, besides the working out, we have any kind of mindfulness practice. So mindfulness is kind of like a buzzword. And I think when people think mindfulness, they immediately think meditating. And so meditating is great. I love meditating. I think it's very helpful for being able to just be present and in the moment, which is exactly what mindfulness is being present and in the moment. Um, a great app for meditating is called Headspace. Um, and it's fantastic. I love this app. I am not getting paid to say this, <laughs> um, but it's really great right now because especially if you're unemployed or if you're somebody that's suffering with COVID and everything that's been happening, they have like a kind of free section for you to be able to practice some basic like one to two minute meditations and then build your way up. And then they have like some other free services if someone is unemployed right now. So I really love them. Um, and there's a whole bunch of other ones on top of that, but it's great. Um, but mindfulness really means, like I said earlier, present in the moment. So that could almost be anything else. So if you're somebody who's like, man, I don't have time. I can't get a space that's quiet. That could be taking a shower and like being present and in the moment of your shower. Like, I'm not going to think about anything else. I'm going to think about water running down my body. I'm going to think about my fingers moving through my hair, etc. instead of thinking about anything else. Or you could be brushing your teeth and really concentrating, like, I'm going to feel these bristles, clean these teeth up. And that sounds silly, but that's just a, that's actually a mindfulness practice. Um, and there's a whole bunch of anything in between everything from meditating all the way down to that tiny little moment of you being in the present.
question about so what you just said um about being present in the moment just even like in your shower and stuff like that is it true that that helps kind of like ground you if you're somebody who deals with anxiety or just like a lot of nervousness just kind of like okay i'm sitting in the chair my body mm -hmm. like i don't know you could talk about that i don't know if that's true or not no that's 100 percent true it's one of the things that i always practice with people who are having some trouble with anxiety um, and so that could be anything from like, I, like you just said, doing the things in the shower, focusing on your teeth. Um, one of my favorite grounding practices is thinking about your senses of touch. And so that could, you know, I, I'm going to see, do you know your senses? Do you know your senses? Smell, taste, touch, smell, taste, touch, sight. I can hear. Is that all of them? Oh my God. <laughs> I always forget one, so I just to see. I took pre-K last year, so <laughs> it's, it's, still, it's ingrained in my brain right now. <laughs> Sorry, I put you on the spot, but I was like, no, no I, I love that. Thank you. Like, some people are scared to like ask me stuff, and I'm like, no, let's talk. <laughs> so I asked you because even if you forget one, all that you're doing in a grounding moment using this exercise is thinking about those senses, mm. being in a room, having your feet flat on the floor, or you could be in a comfortable position um and going through your senses so saying what you see in the room around you i see a gray wall i see mel in front of me i see a light with a yellow lamp on it etc then you would go through um what you smell which is kind of hard and then go through what you hear etc so just going through those things really because you're actively thinking through them even could help and it just grounds you in the moment there's nothing else that you're thinking about you can just really calm down, especially before you're going through something that's super anxious or even in the middle of it. Um, and it's something that I always recommend for people who are suffering or really struggling through some anxiety. Nice. Thanks. Thanks for that. I didn't know that that was uh, even a thing grounding until maybe like two weeks ago. Um, like we were talking about, we're working out and stuff right now and I'm trying to eat a little better. So my health coach, I was talking to her, telling her I was kind of having a rough day and I was like, yeah, I don't really feel like getting up or eating anything or just anything <laughs> right now. Uh, and she was like, well, when I feel like that, I just kind of, I may like open or close the window shades. Like, and we were talking about how when things are out of your control, she just does little things to ground her and remind her that, yeah, you might not be in control of the big picture, but you're in control of how much light is coming in your room right now. Like little things like that. And it sounded silly when she was telling me, but then throughout the day I was like oh it really does help and a lot of it just goes back to that mindfulness and just kind of like acknowledging how you're feeling like okay yes I'm feeling a little eh because of whatever today but yeah. I'm gonna focus on the things that I am in control of like I can make mm -hmm. myself a healthy meal or I can get up and go sit outside and tan for a little bit or whatever it's really big too because especially when suffering with anxiety and suffering with depression, it's like taking that first step, not even the next step, the first step to do whatever it is, whether that's getting out of the bed, it's normally getting out of the bed, getting out of the door. It's really, really hard. And if, unless you're somebody who has had trouble with that, sometimes it's hard to really understand. You can empathize with it, but sometimes it's really hard. And so it's really just taking that first step, not thinking about all the other steps, but thinking like, I'm gonna put one foot out of the cover. Then I'm gonna put the other one. Then I'm gonna put them on the floor, right? But first, you're only thinking about the one foot out of the cover. Right. And then you're thinking about the next one. You're not thinking about all the steps, just one step at a time to get your body moving and being mindful of just that one step, even if your emotions are telling you not to do it. So I really like that, the open the blinds next, right? Like whatever <laughs> you might need to be able to control these tiny little things to get you moving and hopefully feeling better. Um, but I feel like even kind of how we were talking about with working out, once you do kind of get past those like first 
maybe handful or set of actions of the day, um, you normally do feel a lot better. And I'm just saying that not from like an outside perspective, um, I've dealt with just mental health stuff too. And nine times out of 10, if you can get through that first, like, okay, let's move our feet, let's put them on the floor, like all of that stuff and just kind of get yourself together, which I do want to get into next. Um, it does help like, but you have to take those first steps. Um, other really good healthcare stuff. Um, so we talked about mindfulness practices. Yeah. I love this app called Dalio. So if you're somebody who's just like, man, my emotions feel out of whack. I don't know what's going on with me, etc. cetera. Dalio, D-A-Y-L-I-O is fantastic for tracking your moods during the day. Ooh. And so you don't even have to remember to do it. If you remember because your mood is fluctuating, that's awesome. But it'll ask you a few times during the day how you're feeling and what activity you're doing. And then you can make a little note too. It's fantastic. By the end of the week, they like, let you track it you could see oh, wow. stuff so you could see you know how you're feeling i don't know about you but i've seen a lot of people with the bullet journals right where they yeah. like track their mood every day i cannot keep up with it that's a lot of i, I don't always have that thing with me like i don't remember at the end of the day <laughs> but i always have my phone and that will give you a little notification so you can just see like how am i feeling what's affecting my mood when am i feeling those feelings is it in the morning afternoon etc just so you can be able to get to know yourself better. So I love that daily app. No excuse, guys. It's on your phone. Like, it's right in front of you. Um, so the very last thing I wanted to talk about, and I feel like this will really resonate just kind of with quarantine and stuff going on right now, is, like, literally, like, self-care on the outside a little bit. Shouldn't, like, all your value shouldn't be placed in outside stuff. But I feel like if you're somebody who deals with just kind of the mood swings or depression just or anything you're just going through stuff period um taking care of yourself really matters and it helps whether it be you just getting up and taking a shower and just you know washing your body really good and washing your hair um i think we all know like after a really long day you could have had a horrible day if you go kind of clean yourself up you always feel a little bit better after um and i've talked to quite a few people who have kind of let this go and i'm not gonna lie i think we've all kind of had maybe a week or two where we're just feeling real lazy but that's not good like it's not okay even just because we're not being around people and stuff right now we still need to maintain hygiene and the hygiene of your home i personally believe it really boosts your mood level but i'll let edna talk a little bit about that yeah i think it totally does right when you and depending on your level right maybe you're not somebody who puts on a full face every day but you know maintaining some of those small aspects of a schedule whether that's showering in the morning in the night washing your face etc can be super helpful so again, that little bit of control, the things you can control, the things you can continue to do to create some sort of normalcy, et cetera. At the same time, there's a level right now of grieving that's happening with everybody. And what we don't want to do also is any comparative suffering. So like, I think a lot of us right now are like, well, you know, I'm at home. Maybe I still have a job or at least I'm getting my unemployment check. I can't be feeling as bad because somebody else is probably doing way worse, et cetera. So we're also stepping our emotions, going back to like that thing that we talked about earlier that we shouldn't be doing. And so because we might be doing that, or even if you are acknowledging it, right, you're grieving. And so you might not be doing the things that you normally do. After you go through some of that normal grieving that's happening, try doing that little bit of like, all right, I'm going to get in the shower. I'm going to shower in the mornings now. And then when you mess up and don't do it, being like, okay, I struggled with that today. Tomorrow, I'm going to try again, right? So there's a little bit of, um, yes, you need to uphold those things, but being kind and gracious to yourself because we're all going through something that we've never gone through before. I know that keeps being repeated, but it's only because it's the truth. And so being kind to yourself and feeling your emotions along the way and still trying to get back to some sort of normalcy 
as we continue to move through with this kind of being the new normal, for lack of better words, like, because that's what it is right now. Whether you're taking care of yourself or you're not, I feel like that's just something we all can lack is just having that little bit of grace with yourself, just the grace to be like, yeah, I may not have showered, like I said, I was going to today, but you know, it's okay. Like, I'm not going to beat myself up about it. At the end of the day, I feel like this goes across all cultures. We can be our own worst critics, um, whether that be about something as small as taking a shower or something as big as you didn't work out at all this week. Who knows? Like, mm-hmm. your everybody's level of small and big is different. Um, but having that grace with yourself, I feel like is a really big key um, to just not going down a cycle of just negative thoughts about yourself. People think therapists are superheroes and we are not. We are still people too and we still are struggling and working through trying to practice some of the things that we've talked about here today. And um, I know we're going to be ending soon, so I'm going to put a plug for my girl Brene Brown, okay? Because if you feel like you got nothing out of this, she will reteach you in a beautiful way through whatever medium you really need. So she's got TED Talks. She's got a Netflix special. She's got a podcast. She's got multiple books. If you start with her books, I recommend The Gifts of Imperfection. And she will literally walk you through becoming a wholehearted person, working through your shame and guilt. It is, she is fantastic. So if you like, are like, I don't really know what they're talking about. I need a little bit more. Like she will really help you. She's helped me during this COVID time with her podcast. And I think she's really normalizing, you know, like that we're all going through this for the first time and that all of our feelings are valid. (laughs) Yep. There's that. So on that note, I just want to thank you so much for joining us today uh, or joining me today. There's nobody else here right now. Uh, But thank you so much for joining me today. Um, I really hope you guys uh, just, you know, learn something from today's episode. That is the whole point of this. If you have any questions, um, any follow-up stuff that you'd like me to ask later, I can totally ask her and email you about it. But yeah, hopefully you enjoyed this and don't be afraid to go get some help for yourself, guys. Go outside today, get some sunlight. Yeah, have a great day. (laughs)